everyone. Welcome back to the State of Play podcast. This is episode 128. I am your host, Matt Santangelo. I am riding solo here in the hosting chair. Pat and Martino are uh, a little bit occupied right now, but the show must go on. We have a very special guest joining us today on the show to talk all things Juventus. Of course, um, much, much being talked about behind the scenes uh, amidst all the World Cup chaos and excitement. Football is is looming, and there are some big topics to discuss. And we brought in one of the best guys to discuss all things Juventus. We have the editor of Football Italia, Lorenzo Batoni. Lorenzo, first off, how are you doing? How are uh, how are things on your end? Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. All good. All good. Thank you for the nice presentation. And yes, everything everything very good. A bit quiet today. There's uh, no uh, there's no World Cup games, uh, but uh, all good, really. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. It's, it feels like, you know, we're, me and you were always talking about like, different articles and topics and things to discuss when it comes time for club football, right? Especially with AC Milan and, and all that stuff. But the focus for today's episode, obviously, is going to be Juventus. And, um, you know, there's a lot going on, right? I think, obviously, you know, most of the time we're, we're getting to the mood and swing of things when we're talking Juventus, talking some of the bigger clubs in, in Serie A and world football uh, around this time. It's the it's the transfer window, right? That obviously is always a big talking point. But for 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 Juventus, it's a it's a more so a focus on a lot of the uh, off field issues, things going on behind the scenes that are really um, you know coming to the forefront. Of course, the news uh, that really circulated and was a bombshell drop from uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, basically anyone and everyone involved in high positions at Juventus at the club has resigned um, amidst investigations regarding um, accounting irregularities and a couple other different things. So that's why we brought you in here, of course, Lorenzo, is to kind of uh, you provide to our, our audience and listeners uh, kind of what's happening like with the build-up to to the, the announcement of, of the news I just mentioned and a couple other things that maybe could come after as a result of, of what happened here. So uh, for those who are unaware of everything going on, just maybe give uh, them some insight as to what happened with Juventus, where we're currently at right now, and um, the situation. Well, yeah. So basically, the entire Juventus board resigned less than two weeks ago because uh, there's, there's an ongoing investigation from the uh, touring prosecutor in Italy um, with uh, 11... Uh, uh, members of the club, including the club, uh, as well as the club, sorry, so uh, it's 12 personalities in total, including the club, uh, which are cu- who are currently under investigation for, as I said, alleged false accounting, false communication to the market, and um, some financial irregularities that uh, investigators have spotted uh, going through the, um, the, Juventus financial, um, the Juventus financial statements over the last two years. Um, so the entire board resigns uh, because basically there is this ongoing, the ongoing investigation uh, which uh, basically has put an end to the era of, of Andrea Agnelli uh, at the helm of the club. Uh, of course, he was the uh, most success, successful president in the history of the Bianconeri, so it's a huge shock for the club because the uh, dominating era over the last, uh, not in the last three years, but the previous decade, uh, was all under the ownership of Agnelli. He brought back Juventus uh, uh, from, the, from Calciopoli. He managed to win the first title uh, after the Calciopoli era with Antonio Conte in the bench. And then Juventus went on to win uh, uh, nine more um, Serie A titles, reached the Champions League final twice, uh, 
you know, big, big history event has had in the last decade. Well, it's all over now. Um, and the new era will begin uh, uh, shortly because Juventus have already appointed a new CEO. They have appointed a new, uh, I mean, it's, it's still not official, the president, but of course it's been uh, mentioned by Exxon, who are the holding company with the controlling stake in Juventus. So uh, Juventus will have a new president and um, and the new CEO starting from, new, from the new year. There will be one final shareholders meeting at the end of December because the shareholders have to approve the uh, financial statement to uh, June 2021, and a new board of directors will take place um, at the start of 2023, more precisely on January 18th. Uh, the new uh, CEO replacing uh, Maritza Rivabene is Maritza Scanavino, and the new president is Gianluca Ferrero. They are not very much known in the world of football, but they've been working for many, many years uh, with Exor and in other companies belonging to Exor. They are, uh, as we call them here in Italy, uh, technicians, let's say, because they're not strictly related to the world of football, but they, are, uh, they have the tools to navigate into this big chaos, which doesn't only uh, concern, uh, doesn't only have uh, potential um, sporting consequences, but could develop into a um, criminal trial, really. So with uh, Agnelli, Pavel Medved, former Juventus director, Fabio Palatic involved. So um, the club is also involved in the potential trial. And so these figures have to navigate the big chaos and, of course, uh, try to um, restore and somehow fix the club finances because they um, Juventus announced a loss uh, of almost 240 million for the last financial year, so ending June 2021. Yeah, no, there's 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 tons to unpack with this, and you know, to to our listeners, our audience, um, Lorenzo, he's he's a, he's one of the boots on the ground, right? He he covers uh, Juventus extensively in Italy. He's at the matches. He hears the grumblings, the chatter, the general. Um, you know, uh, feeling emotion am- amongst you know, the fans, uh, people watching Juventus, like that, that, that's, it's, it's, it's us. It's different for us. Martino and I maybe here in the United States to speak on it. We're only seeing what we see, but there's a different feeling when you're around it on a day-to-day basis, like uh, Lorenzo is covering it extensively. Um, and, and there's so many th- details that obviously we're gonna, you know, have to, to, to sift and sort through as, as Lorenzo just highlighted here. And I think the timing of this Lorenzo, um, Look, I think the timing is never the best timing. At the end of the day, you have to make a decision on it one way or the other um, with regards to the, the everyone in management stepping down and resigning, right? But I think they obviously had to do this during the World Cup because the fact of the matter is all the attention is going to be on the World Cup, what's happening with player movement, transfer rumors, all that stuff. So I think this was probably the only way they could technically do it without it being completely overblown. I know your feeling amongst that is probably a little bit different because again, it's more highlighted, more prevalent in the public news and public papers on a regular basis. But I think it, this entire thing comes at a very interesting point in the season for Juventus, right? Because I think, look, going into the international break, 
under Max Allegri, they were on a really good run. They were they were climbing up the table. They were stringing together some very strong results. Um, they were starting to get back into that conversation. I mean, they're in the top four right now, but they're starting to get back into that conversation as a team that could probably make a second-half push towards the Scudetto. Maybe they could be one of those dark horse teams that unseats Napoli, um, obviously takes it back from Milan, and, and obviously their rival as well, Inter, uh, are certainly in play for the title. So I think when you kind of throw everything into the pot here between their good results the off-field issues, the World Cup. I think it's it comes at a very interesting time, and I think what's going to happen here, um, Lorenzo, that you just mentioned, with some other things to still be finalized in the in the in the fallout of this, is how do they respond? Right? What does the market look like? Um, are there more things that are going to be be unpacked that we maybe don't know yet? Um, there was talks about you know Giorgio Chiellini and, and some of the others um, in a in a private WhatsApp group discussing you know uh, different wages how wages were going to be paid out all these sorts of things so i think this is not really the end of it i don't think it's going to be something as simple as everyone resigns we're going to get new guys in there and just move on i think this is something that's going to be lingering around juventus and around italian football for a pretty substantial time and i think it's also going to continue to be highlighted because of something else you just mentioned with cacciapoli um still being a, a pretty decently sized wound when people discuss Serie A. Great brand, great talent in the league, no doubt, but that still seems to be something that always gets mentioned outside of you know, that Serie A lens. People that don't maybe watch Serie A that often, they always seem to kind of go back towards that or mention that. So, um, yeah, I, I want to just move on to, I guess, you know, s- some other maybe information or details that could have maybe, um, you know, led up to this, right? Because you know, Lorenzo, you, you, you and I would probably agree or maybe, maybe not, but I'm curious to get your thoughts and your feeling around this. Was, was this surprising? Like some of the, the findings, the details, the things to come out, were, was a lot of it surprising? Was it a lot of things you kind of saw coming? Was it inevitable? Right. Because if those, if those who, who, um, you know, aren't familiar there has been some discussion in previous years as to how they've been able to, you know, monitor, their finances operate on the on on the transfer market when it comes to selling players, funding certain moves, um, and maybe that's something that else you can speak to, right? Because the Miralem Pjanic with <laughs> Artur, uh, some of the players being sold to Genoa for certain figures and how those fees sort of aligned. So maybe you could speak on that um, first. I know that was a loaded <laughs> loaded question to throw on your on your plate, Lorenzo, but maybe you could speak on some of those aspects, but also. Um, add anything else that maybe could be coming around the bend um, from what you just what you just elaborated on? Well, look, there are two different issues for Juventus here. One uh, is, as you said, the suspected inflated transfer values for some of the deals they completed at literally any level, from Barcelona to Italy's third division. Um, and it's not something that only involves Juventus. Uh, it's something that has been like a common habit for a lot of Syria clubs um, over the last few years. But the interesting part here is that um, Juventus have already had a sporting trial along with other Syria clubs, including Genoa, including Sampdoria, including Napoli, and uh, they were all cleared of, of accusations in uh, um, all clear of allegations in uh, April. And here we're talking about the sporting trial because basically the judge could not uh, evaluate how much a player was worth. So if Juventus, let's say, 
when Juventus and Barcelona did the swap deal between Pjanic and, uh, and Arthur, and I thought they were worth that money, there's no judge who can say no, they're not worth that money. So basically they were, uh, they came out clean from the trial in April, but here, in this case, that, in that case, there was a sporting trial. Now there is a new trial, a criminal trial, which can bring uh, new information to the sporting judge, which is uh, what sport fans really want to know. What they want to know is what's going to happen to Juventus now. Will they be relegated? Will they have a fine? Will they be excluded from the Champions League? What's going to happen now with this big mess? So at the moment, there is an ongoing investigation uh, from... Uh, uh, the touring prosecutor, but also from uh, the sporting judge, uh, which is considering uh, whether there are new elements to reopen the case regarding the um, inflated transfer values. But I believe that this is not the biggest problem Juventus are facing. The biggest problem is, um, according to the touring prosecutor, of course, there's no proof of this yet, and there's no trial yet. Um, they have had hidden some of the debts they had towards their players and they had towards some agents. So, for example, uh, um, when there was the peak of the COVID pandemic in March 2020 and the season was stopped, Juventus agreed to um, cut four months' wages. Juventus and players, actually, uh, of course, agreed to, um, to cut four months' wages to, of course, help the club financially. The problem is that investigators seem to have found uh, um, private agreements and disclosed agreements between the club and the players, which would allow players to get the money anyway. So on paper, they would only give up to one month's salary and get the remaining three months under the table. The problem, of course, is that they wouldn't pay taxes on these sort of agreements, which something, of course, you can do. Um, so this is the biggest problem for Juventus, because some of the debts they have towards the current or former players and towards some of the agents uh, were not registered properly or sometimes they, they were not even registered at all. So the debt they have and the debt they have declared is not, is not the real figure, basically. So this is why the, there is a new ongoing sporting investigation and this is why Juventus could be ultimately in trouble because, uh, um, of course, there would be tax fraud and uh, perhaps... Uh, um, something else as well. So uh, this is, to me, the, the biggest problem. Also because, differently from inflated transfer values, transfer values, you can prove whether you put something in the balance sheet or not. You can't prove that Arthur is worth 80 million, but you can't prove that you, you, did, you didn't give Ronaldo 20 million. That, this is something you can prove, while the other one you can't. So. I hope it's, it's clear why Juventus are in trouble and to ask the <laughs> question of questions, which is will Juventus be relegated, which is um, all, all people want to know about. Um, basically, according to this, the sporting justice, um, a club can deduct points uh, and even be relegated and pushed to the last place on the table only if the financial irregularities which have to be proved, of course, uh, brought uh, to um, registering to the, to the campaign. So if they got um, financial, if they managed to get 
um, help and match the criteria, the financial criteria needed to register for the campaign, then they could be the points. But of course, this has to be proved. It only happened uh, twice in the history of Syria, when Kiev and Cesena were both relegated because uh, the trial proved that during uh, that, thanks to the inflated transfer values and some financial irregularities, they managed to meet the criteria to uh, get registration for the for the Syria campaign. As I said, tons to unpack, right? I think, you know, um, this is definitely ongoing, right? You had mentioned, right? There's, there's so many things that we still have, have yet to learn that we don't know yet. Um, only time will tell. Of course, at some point, we'll probably have you back on. Um, but I think there's probably a lot of people that are wondering, all right, like while that's being taken care of, right? And there are, there's a lot of uncertainty as to what the future of Juventus could look like. What does this look like ultimately for um, the January market, right? Does the January market and even the June market, um, do those, do they essentially freeze any significant spending? I know Juventus, they're not one of those typically, te- typically one of those types of clubs that's going to spend just like a Real Madrid or a PSG or a City, right? They're in Italy. I think there's very few uh, opportunities for the top clubs who spend like that for, for a lot of the reasons we already know. But what does this ultimately look like from a spending standpoint for Juventus? Do they freeze things? Do they, calm that? Do they work with what they have the rest of the season? And then in June, once things are sorted out, or we have a little bit more of a clearer understanding as to what the penalties will be, does, is that when Juventus like fully reassess the club? Uh, any sales, any potential purchases? What, what, what are we talking right there for Juventus? Well, look, um, of course, the situation, uh, um, the situation, as you said, is ongoing. The point is Juventus are not bankrupt. Because of this, I mean, uh, their owner, Exor, uh, they have the money. Agnelli are still one of the richest families in Italy. So if the family wants, they could invest even 200 million in the German transfer market because they have the fast power to do so. The problem is, uh, the thing is that they won't do it. I mean, I don't think they will buy another Vlahovic, let's say, in January. You never know, but I don't, I don't see it happening because basically right now, of course, they have to limit expenses because they need to fix the balance a little bit. And because uh, uh, the sporting area at the moment is, uh, is only made of coach Max Allegri and Federico Cherubini, who is the sporting director. But uh, mm-hmm. the structure, the club structure has changed. We know uh, last week they all resigned. Uh, but the sporting structure of the club could also change in the future. There are growing records that Cherubini is leaving at the end of the season, and uh, even the position of Allegri could be under scrutiny, uh, depending on how Juventus end the season. And I think, you know, look, the one thing, right, while, while all these these investigations and things are going on, right, I think it's only would only be wise for Juventus to... Uh, maybe be play nice, lay, lay low a little bit, right? Um, to your point, you know, I, I maybe it wouldn't be the best to just go out there and start spending, spending money without a lot of uncertainty or things as to what's going to happen, right? Um, that's number one. Number two, does Allegri, you know, this is my basically my follow up to that. Do you see Allegri staying? beyond this point i know he's getting paid handsomely um obviously the show is going to go on right like with or without agnelli 
Allegri still obviously has a very important role in this Juventus project, um, provided that, of course, he does want to stay on or maybe he wants to explore something else because of some of the situations um, that we're discussing here. Does Allegri, in your mind, stay on beyond this season? That's number one. Number two, if he does... Do you think he takes a more elevated role? Um, I, I've read some reports that he might take on this sort of um, like more intense role as being a guy that has a lot more involvement um, as far as like in, in decision making with the transfers. And obviously, a coach does have the, that 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 decision making and that that role in that in that conversation. But is there anything going on or anything that you see from your end um, that could maybe tell us one way or the other regarding Allegri's future? Uh, well, when, when Allegri returned, uh, of course, a lot was due to Andrea Agnelli because they have a very solid relationship that goes beyond Juventus, goes beyond the, the work Allegri uh, did as a coach in his first Juventus winning 11 trophies in five years. Uh, it goes beyond that. It's a, friend, it's a real friendship. It's a personal relationship between the two. So many saw Allegri going as soon as Agnelli resigned, and he was tempted to do so, to be honest. Uh, but in the end, he stayed uh, because he was uh, asked uh, by uh, the club owner as well. Uh, so we're talking of uh, we're talking about John Elkan here, uh, and Elkan also has a very solid bond with Allegri. They're very close. They're close friends. They're good friends. I wouldn't say close friends, but they're good friends. And uh, Elton also had the role when uh, when Allegri returned to Juventus last year. So the relationship with Allegri, not just with the former directors, but with actual club owners, are really, really good. Then uh, whether these would develop and uh, would allow Allegri to see out his contract and uh, stay at Juventus until uh, uh, 2025, which is when his contract expires, it remains to be seen. Uh, there's, of course, the, the second part of the season is is crucial. I don't see Kerubin staying, so I think Juventus will build uh, a brand new sporting area starting from um, um, starting from uh, the end of the season. So we'll hear rumors from uh, February March about the new sporting director and possibly a new CEO they want to bring in. Um, and then from there, they will decide whether Allegri stays or not. It depends on who arrives. Like uh, Italian football is not like English football. We don't uh, have uh, uh, managers such as uh, uh, Alex Ferguson, for example, or in general mm-hmm. managers who um, who have a solid impact or who actually decide the transfer strategy. The transfer strategy in Italy is something. That it's always shared. It's it's always shared the decision between the club, sporting director, and uh, the coach. And uh, Allegri makes no exception. Um, of course, right now for the second part of the season, his role will change a little bit because uh, players won't have many sporting references. Um, what I'm saying is that, as I said before, there will be. Um, like the board of directors will be made by people who have technical knowledge, who have uh, uh, financial knowledge, not football people. Um, it's not going to be made on former players or, uh, you know, there's been lots of talk about Del Piero, Buffon, Chiellini going back to Juventus. This is not the case yet. Mm-hmm. Juventus, maybe they could bring in one former player 
replace perhaps Pavel Medved, who was the vice president and was a good was a figure, let's say, in between uh, the board of directors and uh, the sporting side of the club. Perhaps they can bring someone in January, but uh, I think it's still quite early. And then depending on who they bring uh, as a new sporting director uh, for 2023-24, then we'll know more about the future of Allegri. But uh, I think that if Juventus uh, reach the top four, if they are um, if they manage to somehow challenge for the Serie A title, I think Allegri could stay. And don't forget, he has a huge contract, seven million plus add-ons until 2025. So it will be a huge financial burden to pack him. Of course, it's it's not even Christmas now, so it's hard to predict what's going to happen in June. Anything can mm-hmm. happen. Juve can win the Europa League or they can go out again dance. Anything can happen. So um, it really depends. Uh, the two factors are, of course, the results until the end of the season and uh, whoever comes in to replace Kerubin as a sporting director. No, no, that, that makes total sense. You know, again, you, you know, as we just talked about, right, it's been a couple of weeks, right? So a lot of, a lot of the discussions, a lot of the, um, hypotheticals here, it's, it's premature, right? We, we, but you know, we're like you, you and I, you know, and many others, right? We, we, everyone likes to speculate. Everyone likes to talk about what the future looks like, player movement, coaches, what's going to happen. Um, and I guess that's kind of what my, more so my, my final question over to you, Renzo, before we, before we wrap up here is we talked about Juventus, the impact it's having on Juventus and player movement and um, the, the, the structure of the club from a management perspective and ownership um, and the coach. But what does this ultimately do for, like, what's the collateral damage of something like this happening with Juventus on not only Serie A, but also Italian football? In general, like what, what's what can be the ramifications of this um, and the impact it has on the rest of the tiers of of, of Italian football? Uh, again, it's, it's it's very early stages at the moment, so we have to see what's going to happen. We have to see if other clubs will be involved in the investigation, because of course Juventus was not doing these deals alone. There were other clubs involved, so we have to see what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Of course, there are the among one of the top three uh, clubs in Italy for popularity abroad, of course. Uh, and uh, I think uh, the, um, whether it's going to be something as big as Calciopoli depends, of course, on the sporting trial, if there will be one. Because if there's one uh, and they will look into the um, potential implication for Juventus on whether they use these... Um, supposed financial irregularities to to, to to register for the campaign, uh, this of course could change everything. I I don't see Juventus getting relegated, to be honest. Never say mm-hmm. never, but I don't think that's the case. I agree. So um, I don't think that ultimately it's going to hurt um, Italian football too much as long as uh, we accept Italian football as it is. I mean, uh, uh, we all know uh, some dodgy things happen sometimes. You know, you've been following mm-hmm. Syria a lot from the U.S., and we know uh, that some personalities are a little bit dodgy, and some strange things sometimes happen. It's, o- it's always been this way, which doesn't mean 
it's the right thing to do, which doesn't mean that dodgy things are fine. But Italian right. football is what it is. This, uh, it brings uh, so much entertainment. It brings a huge show, and it's so entertaining, and it would deserve even more exposure than what it's currently getting. But we know the people we're dealing with, correct? So mm. uh, unless something huge happens, I don't know that outside Italy, so something huge means Juventus relegated, I don't think it's going to change much for the public opinion, especially abroad. It could change something for Juventus, of course, because uh, uh, the other club in the stock exchange, uh, I mean, this is right. going to have on Juventus, of course. But uh, the, ownership, the ownership is it's solid. It's still the Agnelli family. They've been running the club for 100 years, something impossible for any top club in Europe. If you, if, if you look at the top clubs in Europe now, they have owners who have been there for how long? Less than 10 A years? decade, yeah. yeah. decade, five years, two years. It feels like there's always two guys have been running the club for 100 years. Mm-hmm. So uh, they are among the most rich and powerful families in Italy. I think that um, unless uh, something huge happens on the sporting side, the perception of Italian football won't change much. If they get relegated, then it's a whole different story. I agree. I, I don't see relegation coming. Um, I think, look, for all the reasons you just mentioned, I think, look, you, you, you don't want to, just because, you know, I guess you recognize it and can acknowledge, you know, dodgy things happening. And I, I think you're, you're, you're spot on, right? It's not just talking about Juventus. Like the, no, of course. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's like, you know, and, and this is not to throw other teams in here, but you know, they're not, I, I, I would, I would agree or you maybe would agree that they're not the only culprit here. Maybe because of the pro, their profile, right? You know, Milan, Inter, Juve are like the, the consider widely considered to be the top top dogs in, in Serie A and in Italy, as far as their power, their history, their winning culture, all those sorts of things that we know. But you know, even Napoli, right? The whole Victor Osimhen deal had that come about, right? These kind of fictitious values of players that have never played all of a sudden funding a big move for a top player who is a superstar, right? So, like, the, the, this is, I think, only the beginning. Um, I'm hoping that again, this isn't something that's a, of a big, a larger issue that really is widespread, uh, a problem across the board in Italy. If it's something where, hey, look, Juventus have to pay the consequences and it's a not relegation, but maybe it's a, a slight transfer ban. It's them being docked points. Who knows? We'll have to see how things play out, but. At the end of the day, you know, Lorenzo, you and I would agree, you know, the outside public opinion of Serie A is always going to be, for a lot of people, um, they get looked down upon. Uh, it's a great brand of football. There's a lot of good talent in this league. The, the, the title chases are always very fantastic, you know, amongst some of the other big leagues that always seem to have it sort of almost predefined, you know, coming into the season. But this is our league. This is the league that we love to talk about, love to cover, love to watch, right? As from an entertainment standpoint, but also the pure beauty of, of the game. So um, we'll have to wait and see how things play out. Maybe once we, you know, more and maybe a month, two months time, we can see uh, if they get to back on. But I think we're going to wrap up there. Lorenzo, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to plug any socials plug any work and um take us out thank you very much thank you very much for that you can follow me on uh, noribeto this is always my name instagram and twitter and uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you hopefully there will be a new one soon all right well that was lorenzo batoni editor from 
Football Italia. Lorenzo, thank you so much. That's going to wrap up our episode of the State of Play podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at State of Play Pod. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Santangelo. Be sure to check out Martino Puccio and Pet Barisha's work as well. They do great work um, regarding TikTok. I know Pet is huge in the crypto media for football as well. He's a big Sorera guy. I don't know if you uh, have dabbled in that, Lorenzo Sorera, but it's, it's becoming way more popular than I probably anticipated and I probably didn't get in when I should. So make sure you guys go check out those two guys as well. And um, yeah, that wraps up our episode. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.